Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We'll take each one of those subjects, there's three, and look at it. The counsel of the ungodly. Some people are ungodly, and you know they're ungodly. Don't take their counsel. There's a woman that used to come to my house, and she would always tell me why something was happening when she didn't really know. It was just her idea. And I said to her, I want to build my house on the Word of God, on the Holy Bible. I want to do those things. And she would stop talking. But she continued coming to visit me, and she would always have a reason that something had happened. And it was her own thinking. I don't want to build my house on her thinking. And finally, I withdrew from her for a season. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to the world, to their ideas, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't put yourself in the places where sinners hang out. The way of sinners. God says don't do that. And don't sit in the seat of the scornful. There is a newscaster who is very scornful, laughs at other people, makes fun of them. At first, I liked her. But then, when I read this a few days ago, I realized she's scornful. I had liked her, but then I was troubled by her. She's scornful. Now, to know what scornful means, you might need to take a dictionary and look up that word. What I found was this. A scornful person often makes fun of other people, and they think themselves wise while they think the other person is foolish. Avoid those persons who express contempt for other people and exalt themselves. Psalm 1 verse 2 But the godly person delights in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord, the Holy Bible. And in 
the scriptures doth he meditate day and night that enables him to go in the way of God. And when he's with someone who isn't godly, the Holy Spirit will remind him of the way of God, and he will recognize this person bases his life on the wisdom of the world. Don't put yourself continually around that person. It is so important to take scripture and look up key words in a dictionary to really know what that scripture means and therefore live those scriptures in your own life by doing what they say. And basically slow down. Don't just read scripture and then rush on. Slow down. It will avail you nothing unless you do the scripture. Psalm 1 verse 3, and this is one of my favorites. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. If you do these things and make them a part of your life, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He'll be like that great big oak tree that's planted by a river of water and continually drinks from that water. It doesn't matter to that oak tree if a drought comes because he's got a river of water that he drinks from. If you are continually drinking from a verse of Scripture, thinking on it, doing it, it'll be hard to pull you down. The world may go kaplooey, but it'll be very hard to pull you down because that scripture holds you up. If we fashion our life according to the instruction in these scriptures, we are going to be going in a way of God's righteousness. We may not look right in the sight of man. That doesn't matter. What matters is being right in the sight of God as we live on this earth, for that will be to our credit for all eternity. Man can only praise us or hate us while we live on this present earth. That ends. And this earth will be destroyed by God. But we will be exalted in heaven by God when we walk in the righteousness of God. And we will also prosper in everything we do and have good success on this earth. If you will take each verse 
which is called to your memory by the Holy Spirit, and focus on that verse and do that verse, you will come into prosperity and good success without even trying to do so. It's an automatic byproduct. During the past 43 years, I have never sought money or things of this world. And at the age of 86, I have ended up with money because I followed God and did what he told me, and money was a byproduct. My focus has been on Scripture, doing the Scripture, and on individuals who are the church. As I followed Scripture, living them that day by the Spirit of God, at first it would often seem I encountered loss, laying down my life, to share those scriptures. But then it was like God did for me, like he did for Job, the prophet. Job forty-two, twelve. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. I didn't follow after blessings, I followed after verses of Scripture that were called to my attention by the Holy Spirit, and I tried to do those Scriptures in my own life. And the blessings followed the doing of the Scriptures. Today, I have ended up lacking nothing. Most people are in debt and are striving over money. But I live a totally different way because I'm not in debt and God has enabled me to have enough money to live comfortably on this earth. So the way I live is if I want the object and God approves my getting that object because he knows what's best for me, He also knows what's coming in the future. And if it won't hurt me to get the object, I buy it. I could not buy it if I was in debt and being concerned about how much this cost and what it might do and what might come tomorrow and what might happen. Because God has approved my buying the object by giving me various scriptures. As I turned to God recently concerning changing cars, my old car was hurting me to ride in it, and I was looking for a car that had air suspension like the cars used to have in the 70s and 80s. I found a model that had air suspension, and I didn't feel the vibration through my back as I rode in the car, but it was very expensive. 
It wouldn't take all my money to buy it, but it would take a portion of it. But is it wise to buy that car? Those are things I ask God. What should I do? A couple of days later, God brought a scripture to my mind. So I knew what God was saying about that subject. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He can stop you. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Psalm 84. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So I knew I had his approval. I knew I had his approval. He also brought another scripture to my mind about that car. And that scripture is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. You can't trust the money you have in the bank. You can't trust in your savings account. That could be wiped out overnight by governments of men. But you trust in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So I had those two scriptures backing up my decision to change cars. I don't buy things unless I have the money to pay for it and money left over. And unless I have what I believe to be the approval of God after prayer. Scriptures that show me God approves what I'm thinking of doing. Many people in churches say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23.1 But they're constantly lacking. Now how can that be? Many of them are preachers who are begging you for money. When we went on internet with a blog, we had preachers from all over the world begging us for money and Bibles and books. I didn't send that to them. If they're really of God and following this scripture, God will provide for them. They don't have to be beggars. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And these preachers are always begging for something. That's the first sign they're not of God. They're trying to do it themselves by the schemes of this world. But when the Lord is your shepherd, you follow him, what he tells you, the scriptures he gives you. That's the way to go. And he will lead you into places 
at the right time, at the right place, where if you do the right thing, prosperity is given to you when he leads you. At one point in my life, I was an orchestra director in public schools. I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I was assigned three junior high school orchestras. In the apartment building where I lived, the music secretary of the entire school system lived there. Now, God places us in the exact places where we will live. Acts 17.26 I didn't choose that apartment building. God put me there by causing me to have an interest in living there. The secretary's husband had just taken a voluntary retirement from Sandia Corporation, and he was going into the Indian arts business. They went out to the reservations on weekends and bought Indian jewelry and sold it at the local flea market. One day she said to me, Joan, you're by yourself. Would you like to go with us this weekend out to the Indian reservations to buy jewelry? I said, well, yeah, I guess so. Now, I didn't have any interest at all in that time in Indian jewelry. We got out to the reservation, and I realized I could see down into the turquoise stone where most people can't see that. And I would say to Jim, well, this is better than that. And he said, how do you know that? I said, I see down into the turquoise stone. God had equipped me without my knowing it. So I became very valuable to them. And they would send me up to Santa Fe on weekends where I wholesaled to businesses, Indian arts businesses. I would also go to Los Alamos, New Mexico, where I set up a booth in the village inn and sold Indian jewelry. When I moved back to Texas and taught at SMU, I continued to sell Indian jewelry because I was making so much money. And the people trusted me because I wouldn't do wrong to them. I could give them a quality item at a fair price and they wouldn't be overpaying and they could trust that it was authentic American Indian and good quality because God had equipped me to see down into that turquoise stone. A lot of the turquoise stones that people sell are treated with plastic, and they're virtually worthless. I could tell the quality of the stone by looking at it. I finally ended up taking out a lease in a shopping center, setting up a very elegant store, and selling authentic American Indian arts between the years 1975 and 1979 
when God made it clear to me I was to go into the ministry. And I prospered greatly financially. But it was because God had put me in the right place at the right time to meet Jim and Marcy, to go out to the reservations, and he'd given me that eye to be able to see down into that turquoise stone, and I could be very useful to Jim and Marcy in buying turquoise jewelry. And then he put me in my own business selling turquoise jewelry. I never had a sale. I never brought the item down in price. The people who came to my shop knew they were going to get quality at the right price, and I would not cheat them. All this was before I was even a Christian, because God was making his way for me to go into the ministry after I became a Christian. And he financed me during that time by the sale of truly quality items. When the Lord is your shepherd, you follow him. He taught me one important thing. If you have an interest in that item, purchase it. That was very important. You don't just purchase something or work someplace where you hate it. You have an interest in what you're doing. And by having that interest, everything changes. When the Lord is your shepherd, you follow him, doing that which he shows you to do. After a time of following a scripture shown to you by the Holy Spirit, you will one day realize that you actually have all you want. Along the way, it just comes in your path. It just happened as you follow God. Without even thinking of the item, you end up with the item because you're following God. Matthew 6 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, the will of God, the righteousness of God. What do you want me to do? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. They just come across your path as you follow God, doing what he wants. It sounds like it couldn't happen. It does. I am surrounded by wonderful things. 
have a wonderful sound system. It was discovered along the way that I have a very unusual ability to hear sound. I even have photographic memory for sound. Sound became something I was interested in, and I pursued it. All we think of doing, though, is that one scripture, one scripture at a time, usually. Living it, letting it live in us, lead us, and guide us. For example, that scripture, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Always live that scripture. Whatever you do, live that scripture daily, constantly. If you do not have peace about someone, just don't be around that person. You don't have to know why. It's God telling you something's wrong. You'll be spared much grief by choosing to avoid that person. If you don't have peace about buying something, don't do it. If you don't have peace about a dental appointment, it's best to cancel the appointment and reschedule it, praying and sometimes you'll even change dentist. But all we think of is following that scripture. If you don't have peace about this, don't do it. I have a friend who had cancer, bladder cancer. They were going to operate on her and remove her bladder. She would have to wear a catheter the rest of her life. She prayed, asking God if there was any other way that she could go other than having her bladder removed. One day a pharmacist gave her some papers to read concerning chemotherapy, and there was a statement by the American Cancer Society in that set of papers. And it said, instead of having the bladder removed, radiation with chemotherapy may provide the same results as having the bladder removed. Who wants to have your bladder removed and live with a catheter? So she went to her doctors and said, I've seen this statement that you might have the same results by having radiation and chemotherapy as you have by surgery. Five different medical people said they didn't think it was work in her case. She believed it was God showing her to do it. Her main doctor said to her, do you have peace about having chemo and radiation? And she said, yes, I do. And he said, 
are you a Christian? And she said, yes, I am. And he said, so am I. So he said, I will approve the change to radiation rather than having surgery. So they did that. She had the chemotherapy that goes with radiation, although she'd already had three chemotherapies that went with the regular surgery. It's different kinds of chemotherapy for different things. She ended the treatments in January. She was to go back in in April for various tests to see what was the status of the cancer. That doctor had done the first test, and he said, Now, don't worry about this. If there's cancer there, we can do other things. So he began the test, and when he looked, he said, This is amazing. They had her do a CAT scan. There was no sign of cancer in her body. God knows what will work, and he leads us by peace. I have peace to make this change. All we think of is doing that scripture or that word given to us by the Spirit of God and focus on it and keep doing it. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, the scriptures, the word. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.